Thanks for joining us for another great message from Influences Church Australia. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, blesses you, and brings you joy. For more information about our church, go online to influences.church. And now for our message. Well, 2023, who is over the pandemic? Done. Who's ready for a brand new day? I'm up for it. And you know, um, every leader I'm talking to at the moment said, I don't know what's happening, but 2023 just seems to be a season that's already just got the smile of heaven upon it across this nation. We need it. Australia needs Jesus. The greatest gift we can give our community is a healthy church. And healthy churches are filled with healthy people. What a great thing it is, Pastor Josh on the screen talking to us and reminding us that from here on, talking about being unstuck. And you know what's really cool? I just, it, it's just how, when God knits hearts, it seems that every time I turn up, I feel like I'm just somehow adding just another little piece to what has already begun to happen and influence this church. And today is the same. And I'm going to ask you to come with me to Psalm 65 because In recent days, I've been journaling and probably as I started the year, I felt the Holy Spirit begin to speak to my heart very clearly. And it was this, it's time to boldly go after the things that I've had in my heart for a long time. It's time to dream again. Say dream again. It's time to believe for good things. And this morning, I'm gonna ask you to come with me in your Bible. If you don't, this church does Bible karaoke. If you ever forget it, it's up on the screen. So you can follow along. And today I'm gonna just spend the whole message in the New King James Version. It's simply, how many people have got actually got a King James Bible with them? The real Christians, praise God. Well, I'm just one level down today in the New King James. It does make me sound fairly spiritual. And, and some of the key words in there really are highlighted in that version. So we're gonna park there in the New King James. It'll be up on the screen. And we're gonna draw from Psalm 65. King David wrote that Psalm. He was a worshipper. And a worshipper who so energetically celebrates the goodness of his God. And today we're gonna read just one verse and then launch from there. Verse 11 says of his God, you crown the year with your goodness. Is this a good way to start a year? School starts tomorrow and all the parents said, This is a support group, people. You made it. Eight long weeks, you've made it. Hello, my name is Wayne and I'm a parent. Um, So uh, you've made it and we're stepping into it. Like, it's like we hit the go button now. We've been going through the holidays and we got all that, but now we're ready. We're locked and loaded for a great year. And this year we're believing that it will be crowned with His goodness. And it says of Him, this is is amazing. This This is our God. It says, and your paths drip with abundance. I'm very tempted, by the way, this morning, and when we finish the service to go to the Blue Room, they have cake. (laughs) Cake. I love cake. I I love it a little too much. I really love it. It's how many people love cake? Yeah. Cake is great, but cake with icing? Next level. Next level, you know. Uh, cake's great. Cake's amazing. But cake with icing? Come on. How many love being a child of God? 
We've been promised eternal life. That is off the charts. It's really good, but let me tell you something. I haven't just been promised eternal life. I've been promised abundant life. Eternal life's the cake. Abundant life is the blessing, is the icing that's on the cake. I actually don't believe that God just wants me to live a miserable life that somehow I just get through and finally with my last gasp, I get through the pearly gates, made it. No, no, no. My, God wants me to live a life where I'm a road sign to His goodness. Come on. I don't wanna, I, have you heard some Christian testimonies? I used to be wicked and boring and then I met Jesus. Now I'm not wicked anymore. That's not the way He wants me to live. He wants me, I, you know the Bible tells me I've been made a new creation and as a new creation, I'm an ambassador. I represent the King and I should point to His goodness every day in every way. Exhibit A, this is what it means to be a child of the Almighty. And as I walk with Him from here to eternity, those paths are meant to drip with abundance. The icing on the cake. Lynn and I, we pray with our team every week over our people, right across the Hope Center ministry. And our prayer is this 3 John 2. Our prayer is that you would prosper. It's not a bad word. Prosperity in the late 20th century got a little bit of a, a bad reputation. It's because it was pointed back in on I, me, and my. No, no, no. I'll talk to you about prosperity in a minute. God wants to bless you. And our prayer is that you would prosper and be in health, comma, as your soul prospers. You see, the Christian life isn't one that happens by adding things from the outside and hopefully it reaches the inside. It starts with a transformation on the inside and works its way out. Prospering soul before a prospering life. God wants us to live a life where every way and every day, Bit by bit, we see more and more of our year crowned with His goodness in every way, in our life, in our household, in our ministry, in our business pursuits, every way, His goodness. So this evening, this morning, if, if you've got this heart to see it crowned with goodness, I've got some commitments that I'm gonna ask you to make. And at the end of the service, as we've made those commitments, we're gonna pray God's grace upon us. Because this isn't just New Year's resolutions. Somebody sent me a text this week. He said, I pray that your problems don't last as long as your New Year's resolutions. Remember those ones we made on January 1? Well, it's the end of January. Many of them have come and gone. This isn't a New Year's resolution. These are commitments that we make and we ask God to help us fulfill these vows. So here's a commitment. Number one, let's commit that this is a year to believe. It's just a year to believe. To, to rise in levels of faith. And, and there are some things we need to believe because faith is the substance. Faith is the foundation for which we actually go on these journeys. And here, here's some expressions of our belief. Number one, we need to believe that God is good. We need to believe that God is good. I, I, I'm very, very interested. One of, one of the things of, of my early Education, one of the expressions of that was sociology, and I'm very interested in social trends. 
And here's one of the things that, that I've discovered as, as I talk and read and look around. A new generation is emerging on the earth that believe that God is real. They just struggle to believe that He's good. No, He's real. You, you, you only need to look up on a starry night. Seriously, that didn't happen by accident. Creation demands a creator. He's real. Look down a microscope. One of my other uh, majors at university was in microbiology. You look down there, it's an amazing world. It's an amazing world down there and it's an amazing world up there. It, it's phenomenal. God's real. Created the heavens and the earth and everything in between. He's amazing. He's real, but He's also good. All of my adult life has been in the grip of one verse that literally captured my heart just after I came back to Jesus. And here it is, Psalm 119. This one, write it down. Get it on your heart as well as in your notebook. This is what the psalmist said of our God. He is good and He does good. You see, His nature, God is good. And His behaviour is an expression of His nature. God is good, and for that reason, He does good. He is good and does good. You've got, if we're gonna have a year that's crowned with His goodness, is anybody up for this or am I just speaking to this? Anybody want a year that's crowned with goodness? We've gotta believe, it's a year to believe that God is good. He's a good, good God. But the second thing we have to believe He's not only good, He's for us. Can you believe that God wants to bless you as much as He wants to bless the people at the end of your row? As much as He wants to bless the pastors and your leaders? We've got to get rid of this mentality that God's kind of got layers and levels and little favourites here, little favourites there. God is good, He does good, and He is for you, the Bible tells me that he's the, the that you're the apple of his eye. He's for you. Uh, Jesus teaches how to pray. Sure, when you pray, pray like this. Hey, could you imagine being in the crowd that day? Most of the people listening were Jews. They knew him as Jehovah and Elohim. They knew him as, as all of these amazing, glowing majestic names and these, this incredible, austere, powerful figure. And Jesus said, I'll tell you how to talk to the Creator. Ready for this? Our Father. Whoa. That one they didn't see coming. Talk to Him about being the Creator or about being the judge. But no, no. Abba, Father, my dad. Yeah, He's for you. Let me tell you, I'm for my boys. I have two boys, Alpha and Omega. And I'm for them. For them. I want the very best for them. I, I Literally, I spend so much of my life plotting, how can I bless them? How can we support them? That's my God. My, my God is so, in fact, Jesus, when He actually wanted us to understand that, He said, you know about good dads? They give good gifts. Luke 11, read it. He says, good dads give good gifts to their kids. How much more 
Will your heavenly Father give you what you need through the power of the... We serve it how much more, God. He is good and He is for me. The Bible tells me His thoughts are monstrous and never-ending towards us. God is for us. He's our Shaddai, the God of plenty. See, if God blesses somebody down the road, He's not going to run out. He's He's eternal. His blessings are are without measure. If you've got a God who is small and mean and nasty and distant, this is a good opportunity to get a new one. Because God is good. God, for this is my God. He loved the world so much, He gave the very best He had so that He could have relationship with us. God is good and He is for us. And, And that understanding literally changed my life. I'm a preacher's kid. I grew up in a preacher's house. But I grew up in an era where the whole message of the Christian faith was sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice. And I'm gonna tell you, I love my parents and I watched them sacrifice for the kingdom of God. My dad was bivocational all of my growing years. He drove trucks, he worked in sawmills, in orchards, he was a baker by trade before he came to Christ and he'd do all these things just so that he could actually feed his family while he pastored small churches in the country. And so my concept of following Christ was sacrifice, barely get through. Thank God we never went without. My testimony is the same as the psalmist. I was once young, I'm now old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging bread. We never went without, but we never had a lot. Never had a lot. I grew up in what they call a manse. I don't know what a manse is. It's where they, it's kind of a house they give pastors. You know what a mansion is? Well, this is a mansion without the shin. Look up the original meaning of the word manse. It means dumping place for secondhand furniture. That's where I grew up. I still remember, seriously, I still remember the first time I was in, in my early primary school, I still remember the first time we got a lounge suite, an old lounge suite given to us that somebody didn't want anymore. It was like, wow. We've got a lounge. Seldom had anything new. And that was Okay. But I grew up with that mentality that serving God means you'll just have enough to get through to next week. And then God began to show me some things. He began to teach me some things that He's good, He's for us, and He wants to bless me, ready? So that I can bless others. We're encouraged around our giving today to be blessed, but that's not an end in itself. I'm meant to be blessed so that I can be a blessing. I'll be a blessing. Did you hear the invitation that God gives us in the, the last verse of the Bible, of the Old Testament? It's an Italian prophet by the name of Malachi. Malachi, funny joke, move on. <laughs> Malachi. This is what God says. He says, bring your tithe. You give God your best. You give Him your first. Bring it into the house, right? Bless the things that matter to the heart of God. Ready? To every action, there's a reaction. To every decision as a follower of Christ, there are consequences. He says, 
Come on, trust me in this, he says. See that when you, you show that you trust me, watch what I do for you. I will open up the, is anybody ready for him to open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessing, ready, that you can't contain? Revolution. Revolution. He wants to bless me with so much blessing that I can't contain it. In fact, the more I refuse to contain it, the more He's prepared to pour out upon my life. Then I've made some major decisions in the last few years to literally be blessed, give out. Some of you need to hear this. It's time to give yourself permission to be blessed. But not blessed so that you can just heap it to yourself, but be blessed so that you can be the answer to some prayers that people are praying. You can be the answer. I've learned that so many prayers that people are praying, I can be part of the answer. God help, we can be to someone hurting, someone broken, somebody in need. Be blessed so that we can be a blessing. But this, this requires a shift in our thinking. God is good, He's for us. And he wants me to begin to live that life that expresses that conviction. Peter was watching one day. A young man that we call the rich young ruler approaches Jesus and wants to be his follower. And Jesus is testing his heart. It, please don't think that, he, you know, he's calling you to now live a monastic life. He's just testing what really is in his heart. He says, okay, I want you to sacrifice and follow me. The guy couldn't do it because other things sat on the throne of his heart. There was no room for Jesus. After he walks away, Jesus saddled, has Peter saddle up beside him. I, I, I relate to Peter. He's an Aussie, by the way. If you actually read it, have a look at him. He just, he's such an Aussie, Pete. His name's not really Peter, it's Pete. Uh, Pete comes up to Jesus and he says, hey, Jesus, I, I noticed that guy just leave. Well, what about us? We've given up everything to follow you. And, and you know, just for that moment, Peter, Peter has those moments where he just puffs his chest out and Jesus just lets the pressure down. Even as, so many times. This is one of them. Jesus says, Peter, there's no one, here's some big words, there's no one who in this life hasn't sacrificed for me, hasn't given, hasn't invested in the kingdom, who won't in this life receive 30, 60 and 100 fold. That is a completely different way of living by faith. Yes, I do sacrifice. I do so, but with an expectation that when I trust God, He can trust me with blessing. Blessing that can't be contained. I started to understand that. And I'm going to tell you something. As the decades have gone by, I've stretched more and more and more and more. There's no better way than living in this space of choosing to be blessed so that I can be a blessing. So that as I walk this life from here to eternity, those paths drip with abundance. But I've got to make some decisions to live that way. Once you make those discoveries and decisions, everything changes. It's a year to believe. It's also a year to release. To release. One of my daughters-in-law, 
has a car that I actually needed to use because she was blocking me in. They were staying at our house just a few weeks ago and I said, I, I need to go to the shop. Can I use your car? You're blocking me in. She said, yeah, sure. So I jumped in and I'm thinking of buying Lynn a vehicle the same make as this one and thought this would be interesting just to see how they drive and I got in I thought, whoa, this thing's horrible. So sluggish. It's like, wow. Now I, I, I don't mind cars that go fairly quick. I just need to put that on the record. I put my foot down like, mm. And I'm driving along thinking, this, this thing, horrible. Until I look down, and there's this little switch beside me, a little tiny one, but that big, and a little red light on it. And I thought, what's that? And I flicked it like that. That was the handbrake. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm, I'm used to a more manly handbrake. And like that, that's a handbrake. That, that's a finger switch. This is a handbrake. And, and, and it was amazing. The minute, seriously, people, I couldn't believe the difference. The minute I let it go, boom, we took off. Because we'd released the thing that was holding us back. Once that thing was released, wow, we got on with the journey. The Bible doesn't use the word handbrake. But it does I address a number of things that impede our journey of faith that slow us down. Hebrews 12, coming off the back of that great celebration, the definition of faith. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And then there's a whole list of people that, that lived lives of faith, great men and women, did phenomenal things for God. And then he comes to the next chapter. Verse one of Hebrews 12. He says, therefore, we also, oh, we've been invited into that community. We also, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, all of those great people, they're watching. Let us, here's the big words, let us lay aside every weight mm. and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and then let us run with endurance. That's a superpower to keep going forward. Run with endurance the race that is set before us. Let's lay aside. It's a time to release the handbrakes. Lay aside sin. How many are grateful for the blood of Jesus Christ? We've been singing and celebrating that today. Jesus has done it all. I, I don't, my faith is not based on what I have to D-O because I now step in by faith for that which has already been D-O-N-E. Jesus has paid the price. I can live in victory. I am forgiven because of Jesus. How many are with me today? I'm forgiven. And if you yet today haven't made that choice to say, come into my life, Lord, and get rid of all the roadblocks that impede a relationship with a living and loving God, today is your day. If you're online, if you're in this room, today is your day. Even now, start making that decision. God, you know what? This is what I've been looking for. You'll forgive and you know what? He'll not only forgive you and cleanse you, he'll give you the grace and the power to start living a life where those things don't keep holding us down. It's a wonderful thing. And every weight, every weight. See, this, this is coming straight off the back of a definition and celebration of faith. I need to tell you something. The Christian walk is not about magic. It's about faith. 
Because a lot of people think pastors have this special magic pastor wand that I don't have to live responsible for anything I do. I just live the way I like. And then on Sundays I come forward and pastor pulls out the wand and bing, it's all good again. Well, it's not quite like that. As I lay aside the weights, I step into the zones that God wants. Let me give you a couple of the weights that I have to if I actually want to see the blessing of God. You ready? Preventable health issues. It just went really quiet, Pastor. Now, please, no judgment. Some of us have got genetic issues and I'm not talking about that and I'm not talking about body image, none of that stuff. I'm just talking about being a better steward of the temple of the Holy Spirit. The one thing you're only gonna get one off. Let, let's, let's, let's have as much energy as we can to be a blessing to family and friends and our generation. Let, let's, let's, be, let's be people who, who are healthy as much as possible by just taking some, ready for this big word? Responsibility. Some of us would need less miracles if we were just a little more responsible. I may not be back, but let me say it again. If we're just a little more responsible in, in this and other areas. A few years ago, I'm, I'm literally, Lynn and I had been to the Cook Islands and I'm sitting there and I'd grown up pretty fit, pretty active in sport. And I'd got into the, you know, whatever the ages were, maybe 40s and whatever. And, and I'm sitting there and I'd been just a little bit neglectful. And I'm sitting beside Lynn, I'm on this plane in about row eight. And I looked down and my shirt was so tight. Like, look at me, I'm, I'm like, I'm built like a stick. And if I put on weight, it's just here, that's it. I look like the pretzel that swallowed the pea, that's me, all right? And I'm sitting there and I look down at these buttons and I thought, man, if that one lets go, people in row one are gonna die. And I was feeling sluggish, I didn't have as much energy and I just made some decisions. Just some simple decisions that as much as possible, most days of our lives, we will do 30 minutes. We'll just move for 30 minutes. It can be as simple as just having an old pair of joggers and going for a walk. Oh, I haven't got time to do that. I gotta pray. Why don't you walk and pray? Wow, who would have thought? You can do two things at once, even if you're a male. Wow, write that down. Just move. And, and, and listen, Again, not being silly about this, but just cut back some of that stuff that's not so good for us. Just watch what we put in the tank. For me, I just felt the Lord literally convict me about the white stuff. Pasta, rice, potato, bread, sugar. And, and can I tell you something? I, I stopped a long time ago criticising people who got problems with smoking because the Lord began to convict me. I've got as much problem with sugar. All right? I used to say, if you way back, you know, when you're young and you know everything, if you smoke, you won't go to heaven. I don't say that anymore. I say, if you smoke, you probably get to heaven quicker than the rest of us. But, <laughs> but, not funny, people. But, but I don't. I'm not laughing at people there because I, I'm terrible, terrible. I, I, oh, there's so many things. Violet crumble bars like used to bring me down. Move on. Just, just take some responsibility for what, a little bit of rest. Just drink a bit of water, just drink water. There's the thought, write that down. And just, let's just care for this. It's, if we, if, 
There are some things which we can actually take responsibility for. Another one, another one is unmanageable debt. You know something, if, if you are stressed about how you're gonna pay the bill next week, half the energy that you need to love family and friends and serve God is already robbed. It's just, it's, it's, it just weighs you down. Now, I, I, I've read the Scriptures cover to cover and I've found that the Bible is filled with wisdom in the area of financial management. Oh, here he goes. He's gonna talk about giving again. No, we've already talked about that. For me, as a follower of Christ, that's a given. Trusting Him. Living a generous life. Giving God the first. I'm totally committed to that. A choice we made at the start of our marriage has has revolutionised everything in, in, in that area. So can we already park that? But the Bible doesn't just talk about giving. It talks about living within your means. Wow, like really? This is radical thinking. Don't spend more than you earn. It's in the Bible. This one's not, but let me, it's, this one's the other side of the maps. Credit cards aren't money to spend, they're money to pay back. And if you don't pay it back at the end of the month, it's money to pay back with a lot of interest. So do yourself a favour. Get your credit card out. Grab out those scissors of deliverance. Cut that sucker in half. If it's on your phone, don't do that. Find another way of deleting it. Seriously. I I talk to these pastors. As you know, I've been here many, many times. They love you. They will even talk to you about getting some people to walk beside you in an accountable way so you can get rid of that weight. It's hard work. Let's let's live a big life. We're not always worried about this stuff. So we can run. You ever seen marathon runners? They don't turn up in big old army boots and a a four-piece suit and a a trench coat. No, no, they gotta run a long race. They, They carry as little load as possible. This stuff needs to be dealt with. Here's another one, unforgiveness. That's huge, unforgiveness. You know, Jesus, again, in that pattern of prayer, teaches us on the Sermon on the Mount, it's in there. When you pray, pray like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. So cool, give us our daily bread, yes, amazing. Then he gets this line, forgive us. Depends what version you have, forgive us our sin, our debt, as, there's the hinge. Everything swings on this one, forgive us, as we forgive others. Little boy was learning his, his memory verse at children's church and got up and, and was learning the Lord's Prayer. He stepped up and he got to that line, forgive us our trash baskets as we forgive the trash baskets of others. That little guy got it right. We thought it's supposed to be trespassers, but he went to trespass. God, forgive the junk in my life as I forgive the junk of those who've dumped it on me. God, it's important. It's a weight, unresolved conflict, and you know it's still an issue in your life because when people's names come up in conversation, you feel it. Their name's on your lips too often. You get really hassled when they get blessed. You, 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 
you think about it, it's time to let go. It's a time to take off the handbrake and let it go. Now listen, some of us have been really hurt. I get it. Some of us, the pain of, of mistrust and abuse, I get it, it's terrible. And for some of us, it's not as easy as, well, I'm just gonna forgive them. We need God's grace to go on that journey, but His grace is sufficient so you can get to that space. It's time to let it go. It's time to move on. It's a time to release. What I'm saying is, no more blame game. It's not the church's fault, the government's fault, your family's fault. No, no, I'm just simply taking responsibility. Taking responsibility to live a life that's based in the Word of God where I can see God's goodness and His promises fulfilled as I trust Him. Finally, it's a year to embrace. It's time to believe. Yeah, I'm believing for it. It's a time to let go. But having let go, it's time to embrace. The Apostle Paul, Philippians 3, he got this concept. He said, not that I've already attained or I'm already perfect. Anybody in this room now perfect? Please fly around the ceiling while we give you a little clap. None of us are perfect, and Paul even knew that, the great apostle. He said, here's the big one. But I press on that I may lay hold. So I let go so that I may lay hold of that for which Christ has also laid hold of me. You know what Paul's saying? I don't want to die wondering. I want to know what he had in mind the day he called me. I want to know what the Father's got in store for me, so I'm going to press to it. I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to lay hold of it. I want to lay hold on the plans and purposes of God. You know what that requires? Again, more responsibility. It requires if I'm going to lay hold on the promises of God, I need to find them. I need to open the Bible. It's a daily treasure hunt. You know the Bible is the only book on the planet that promises the minute you open its pages, the author will turn up. He says, you open, I'm gonna guide you in truth. His Holy Spirit will guide you. Turn the lights on. Whoa. But that needs to happen daily. Psalmist says, your words are lamp to my feet. I see where I am right now. I see who I am. And it's a light for my path. Oh, his word. I need to get in it. And, and daily he shows me little pieces. I, I find the word of God as I walk with him year by year. It's not like this big boom and I've got everything. It's like it's a jigsaw puzzle piece. That's why we, listen, you need to go and buy yourself a cheap journal. And daily, just those little thoughts that God is speaking to you. You know what you'll discover as the months unfold? You'll see the big picture of what He's saying to your life. Peace by, oh, yes. His plans and His purposes. Spend time in His presence. Don't just turn up with a shopping list before God. Enjoy Him. Enjoy Him. Get into His presence and allow Him just to soften your heart and empower you afresh. You'll find that His mercies are new every morning. It's time to lay hold of new things, new things. As I said, I, this is on the back of me telling you we need to be responsible with what we eat. I really like cake. 
told somebody recently that I like, I love a warm, freshly baked apple tea cake that's loaded with lots more apple than just cake. I know, somebody just, whoa. But if you, if you want an apple tea cake, you can't start by using bananas or mangoes. You, if you want that outcome, you need to make sure you've got the right things in the recipe. And some of us, it's time to embrace some new things. It's time for us to em, literally employ a new recipe in our life. Some new things. Like, I'm, this year, I'm gonna be planted in the house. Church isn't, I, I'm shaking off an old COVID lifestyle, an old COVID thinking. I'm gonna be planted in the house. This is something, I mean, I'm, I'm glad when they say, let's go to the house of God. That's for me and my house. Those kids of ours, we're gonna be in kids' church every week. That's something new in the recipe for some of us. Trust in God with our finances. Engage, try new things. Serving. Volunteering, let me tell you. It's just the happiest people in the world are the people that are serving others. Put some new things in the life. Try some radical new approaches to some things. It's time to embrace some new people. You know, in Scripture, as the church is being birthed, God gives us a pattern for how the church should operate. It says in Acts chapter 2, they met in the temple and in houses. You need the temple. You need days like this, moments like this every week. But we also need houses. We need small groups. We need to get around a group of people that know our name, know our birthday, know what makes us happy, know what burdens they can bear with us. We got a motto at Hope Center. They'll say it back to me. You get out of church what you put into it. So it's time. This is a time to put some new things in the recipe. Maybe it's time for me to go and have a chat with the pastor. How can I be part of, of a rich community? I'm gonna put this in the, into, my, into my life and, and I'm actually gonna get around people that are actually gonna pump up my tires. Because life flattens your tires real quick. Stuff that's going on and just society. It's time to get around people that'll just change the way you think and the way you behave. Solomon put it this way, Proverbs 13, 20. He says, he that walks with the wise will be wise but the companion of fools will be destroyed. Some versions say suffers harm. Here's what he's saying. Get around what you want to become. Get around happy people. Get around big thinkers. Get around generous people. Get around people that love people. You will go and become like they are. It's a time to embrace new people and lives. Get around them. Invest in relationships. Life's way too short to spend your life with people that rob your dreams and damage your soul. It's time to embrace that. It's time to get unstuck. As the band come and join me here on stage, we prepare to pray for you. I look back over my life and walk with Jesus and I've come to this conclusion. The Christian faith isn't that complicated. It's not easy. I'm not here today saying, give your life to Jesus and tomorrow everything will be amazing. We're humans living out life on this broken planet. But I do know He'll never leave us or forsake us. And I, I, I do know He's calling us to live lives where we simply trust Him. Some of you are my vintage and you might remember some songs we used to sing back in the last century when dinosaurs roamed the earth. 
Remember this one? Trust and obey. Oh, yeah, I heard you. Trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. That's it. Just trust Him. If it's in Scripture, obey it. And trust Him. Like, this isn't always easy. No, I know. But I'm going to trust you. I want a year that's crowned with goodness. That's what you want to do, but you're also calling me to live by faith because without faith, it's impossible to please you. And the more I explore faith, I realise it's just a lot like trust. Lynn and I are in this season. We so enjoy being grandparents. We just, we love it. Five little grandkids. Four of them are boys, so that makes it a little crazy at times. Across the road from us, there's this big park. And one of them is, one of the little boys is quite a climber. And always loves to go up high. And I remember, I think it was last year, early last year, he flew up the top of this apparatus. Grandpa, look at me, he was so proud. And then all of a sudden he realised, I've got to come down again. And I could see, he was like, whoa, we're two from here. I said, come on, buddy, come to me. I'm hanging on. Like, come, come to Grandpa. Let go. He wasn't gonna let go, but how many know? until he became unstuck, until he let go of that, he couldn't step into. Until I said to him, you come to Grandpa, because over in Nana's fridge, there's ice blocks. You've got to let go so that I can take you to where you need to go. Hello, thank you so much for watching this video today. I pray this sermon has blessed you, encouraged you and inspired you. You know, we may never have met, I may not know you, but God knows you. And I'll tell you today, God loves you. That even before you knew about Him, He loved you. And He has a plan and a purpose for your life. You know, so many of us do life on our own, trying to lead our life in a way that finds answers and finds the peace and finds the joy we're looking for, but we come up short. But God knew that you needed rescuing, that you needed saving, that you needed His love. So He sent His Son Jesus to come and pay the price for our mistakes. He lived a perfect life, but knowing we couldn't, He said, I will take their place. So He died and rose again so that His death could pay the penalty for my mistakes in my past and His life could make a way so that I could have life. I believe that when you believe in what Jesus did and when you invite Him to be Lord of your life, you can experience forgiveness, peace, hope, joy, purpose and life like you've never known before. It's not about what we've done or who we're not. It's about that we have a God who's good, who can turn things for good and loves you. He's a father, he's a friend, and you can invite him into your life today by simply saying this prayer after me. I'm gonna say this prayer and wherever you are, wherever you're watching around the world, pray this prayer with me. Maybe you once knew God and you walked away. You know what, maybe he's getting your attention today to say, come back into relationship with me. Maybe you've known religion, but never a real genuine relationship with God. Why don't you say this prayer too? And I believe this can be the beginning of a great new day. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for loving me and giving your life for me. 
I pray you forgive me for my past and you walk with me into my tomorrow. Let me know your grace, your forgiveness, your peace, your purpose, your joy and your hope into my life. I ask you to lead me and guide me from this day forward. Be Lord of who I am in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer today. I believe that as you did, the peace, the grace and the love of God comes into your life. You know what? The past is real, but it doesn't have to dictate your future. Let the love, the grace and the word of God go with you from this day forward. And I believe the best days are ahead for you. If you prayed this prayer or you want to know more, maybe you're on the journey. Why don't you flick us an email so we can send you some material about following Jesus. We can maybe connect you with a local church near you that you can do life with, get good people around you. And we would love to pray with you. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer. I'm so glad you're on the journey of following Jesus. I'm so glad you listened today. God bless.